Welcome to Desert Island Development, where I talk with great leaders about three resources that have been instrumental in their development, all whilst enjoying a dessert. Lovely. This podcast is brought to you by Continuous Professional Development by Assemblies of God GB. CPD is a new platform that will be available to all AOG GB ministers, giving you a place to log and track your personal development, get ideas from others, and even earn badges and rewards whilst you develop. My name is Chris Bright, and I'll be your host today. And my guest today is Pastor Kirk McAteer. Kirk is from Newcastle, Australia, and has been in full-time ministry since 1999. In 2008, Kirk and his wife Tracy felt the call of God on them to the UK and Europe. And in 2009, Kirk, Tracy, and their two children sold everything they owned, said goodbye to their families to follow the call of God and become the new pastors of a church in Birmingham, now called Connect Church. Kirk became the club chaplain of Birmingham City Football Club in 2013, and Kirk is also the missions director for Assemblies of God GB. Kirk, it's great to have you on the show. Chris, it is so good to be with you on dessert and development. How exciting. It's great, isn't it? It's, um, what better things to do than talk about development whilst having some dessert? Um, I can't Absolutely. think of two things better. And, and for legal reasons, it's got nothing, it's nothing like anything that might, it might sound like. So uh, it's very important that we, we make that really clear. But before we start talking about yes. development, should we talk about dessert? And yeah, maybe absolutely. you could talk to me about uh, the dessert that you've got, kind of got your, your favourite dessert, as it were. Well, well easily, uh, one of my uh, experiences of moving to England is, is um, you know, new places and new foods. And we had the privilege to travel to Bakewell uh, last year. And, uh, and so I went to the place in Bakewell in the Peak District and we went to some cafes there and they have the best Bakewell tarts I have ever had in my life. And so since that moment, I was converted. I was fully, you know, disciple of Bakewell. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, they have all sorts of different types, but yeah, Bakewell tart would be my go-to. And is the, the Bakewell from Bakewell, is that, you know, how different are we talking from the kind of the shop bought ones? It, it's, yeah, look, it, yeah. When you're a connoisseur like me, no, I'm joking. I'm not. <laughs> you can definitely taste the difference. I mean, when, yeah, Bakewell is where they originated. It's, it's the best. Ah, very, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm always surprised when I find places in the UK. Um, I'm, I'm from the UK. Uh, <laughs> and w- when you find out actually a, a Bakewell, I just thought it was baked well. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise it was from a place called well, Bakewell. So I'm, did I, I'm did I <laughs> absolutely absolutely so bakewell tart is, Fantastic. The, is, is my favorite well my dessert today is a, a blondie uh, that my wife has baked but here's the oh, interesting homemade. homemade here's the interesting mm. twist the secret ingredient to this blondie is chickpeas oh okay healthy so which it sounds it sounds quite healthy it also sounds a little bit hipster um <laughs> which is you know probably not what i was wanting to go for um, but it is really nice, so I, yeah, I can't yeah. I can't complain. So it is a it is a uh, yeah a blondie made out of chickpeas, <laughs> and it tastes good. So what can I say? And I've got it with a cup nice. of tea as well. So that's, nice. that's oh yeah, 
No, I'm a coffee. I'm a coffee man. <laughs> yes, I'm also coffee, but uh, coffee and tea. I feel like I've I've got to keep my English side of me uh, going, which is great. Uh, should we talk about uh, resources? Um, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. We've got three prepared. Um, why, yep. why don't you introduce me to your, to your first one, and we'll have a little chat. Yeah, right yeah. I thought I thought I'd go with books, Chris, just to uh, to get the nice and simple and accessible for everyone. But I guess before before I I say that, I'm definitely not. Um, reading is something that doesn't come natural to me as a leader. I know leaders are readers. I know we've got to read wide and um, and continue to resource ourselves with books. Um, I recently uh, was one of my mentors uh, was telling me he learned speed reading, and so it's definitely something I I, uh, I need to grow and get better in. Um, so I will talk about books, but but I'm I'm kind of like an experiential learner i i recently went on a uh, our family just uh went on a holiday to belgium and we wanted to do a tour of some of the war memorials being australian and and wanting to just see some of those uh places where the aussie aussie soldiers went and we ended up in uh, a place called ipri i think i pronounced that right and meningate and what it was it's the it's the it's basically the front line of the western front of world war one and it was the the last point where they would leave um, freedom, so to speak, or, or you know, the allies, and then go over into into the the war zone, and 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 there was a museum there, and we we're in there for about two to two and a half hours, and I learnt more in that museum that about World War One that I probably have from snippets and bits of education and and uh, you know documentaries in my life, and and so I'm definitely an experiential learner to taste it, touch it, feel it, uh, experience it, smell it. Um, you know, is, is definitely how I learn best. I, I know last year I was in, I got to go to the ancient ruin, uh, ruins of Corinth and just the Bible came to life, you know. And, and so I'm an experiential learner. I like conferences. Conferences are good. Um, you know, I don't always retain all the information. It's a bit of information overload at conferences. Uh, and probably the other best way I learn is, um, is coaching. We have a few people that coach us and really come alongside and that accountability and, um, you know, tracking development and um, and your life. So, so they're probably the 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 main ways I learn. However, we do we do want to talk about books, and um, and so my first book, and probably the best place to start is a book here called um, "The Emotional Healthy Leader." Uh, the Emotional Healthy Leader. The author is Pete Scazzaro. He's not just done a, this book. There's Emotional Healthy Discipleship, Emotional Healthy Spirituality as a whole website it's his ministry um there's also small group resources that you can teach in your church so it's a whole whole lot of teaching but yeah emotional healthy uh, leadership great great so for those who haven't read the book or heard of the book give me a kind of a a, a really short little pricey yeah. of you know what's the kind of what's the book touching on what's it trying to talk yeah. about um yeah tell me a little about i mean i've not read it i think it's on my bookshelf yeah. and i've not read it yet yeah. Uh, yeah. so, so tell me about it. What what's the book about? I think I think uh for me it was it was significant because um as as a leader, particularly you know, growing up in Australia, I suppose I'll talk about, about that context, uh leadership was fast paced, results driven, uh success bigger, better, and 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 that actually um you know doesn't allow for some of the spiritual disciplines of Sabbath and solitude and rest and and coming from that internal place um pete scazzaro himself was was pastoring a church and it was growing 
but he found himself um, with all these emotions inside from his family of origin that were damaging his marriage, his uh, relationship with his staff and, and the way he related to his church. And, and he found this internal uh, battle going on from hurt and pain that people would cause in the church and experiences that he would go through. And so he was trying to reconcile this and it, and it nearly brought him to a point of, of burnout. In fact, he says in his book, his wife actually was basically said, look, I'm leaving the church. Uh, because it got so uh, bad. He, he talks about being a, um, an emotional infant and then an emotional adolescent and then emotional maturity. And, and it really is, uh, you know, thinking about the, ice, you know, the iceberg. You know, we as leaders, people see the, the, the tip of the iceberg is our, our outward world, but actually what's really more important is what's underneath. And so it's a book that challenges our internal world our emotions our reactions our thinking the stuff that no one sees where did that come from um you know big on family of origin one of his classic lines is um jesus might live in your heart but grandpa lives in your bones and just that that reality that you know you may have a regenerated transformed heart and jesus is there but if you are not aware or willing to work through um the 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 baggage i suppose for want of a better word of of some of the stuff of your family of origin how you grew up um and and work through that then uh then it's going to be a lid on your life relationships and leadership no that's that's really fascinating i think and already you know you can start to think of how for for church leaders that's going to be massively impactful and yeah. I think we often don't know what we don't know sometimes. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I think, you know, reading a book that's going to kind of help you unpack, okay, this is going to help me know more about myself and uncover the things of, you know, the things that I don't know. Sounds, yeah, sounds, yeah. sounds great. Um, how is it, what, what will be the impacts that it's had on you? Or maybe the change that you've seen that book have on, have on your life? Yeah, I, I think I'm just a lot more aware of my uh, what what I what I what I call, and I think Pete Scazzaro calls triggers. Um, what's what's triggering my emotion? Why why did I react that way? He has this little saying about you know what in any given moment just pause and uh, what's making you sad, mad, glad, <laughs> or bad, <laughs> you know, and, and just and being really honest with your emotions and allowing God into into those the depths of your your pain or your hurts or your weaknesses, and of course, he's you know the, the ministry is very gentle and the teachings you know about in our weakness his power is made perfect, and so finding finding our true identity in Christ in God not in what we do talks a lot about being a human being not a human doing. And 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 I guess for me, I and my 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 nature, you know, I'm a high energy, passionate, um, you know, let's get it done, change the world kind of person. And and it's just helped me stay a bit balanced because I'm a I'm a doer. I want to I want to do do. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, um, Jesus isn't interested in what I do. He's interested in who I am with Him. And and that my my security, my um, uh, everything of who I am comes out of who I am with Jesus first, not what I do or what other people think. And so it's it's that really 
come into that place where you're really comfortable with God and who he's made you and who he's trying to allow you to become and being really comfortable in your own skin. Mm. I'm reminded that, you know, Jesus didn't say, well done, good and successful servant. (laughs) It's good and faithful servant. And and that's the sense of, of being first and, and, you know, following Jesus is about as much being as it is, is, doing you know that doing yeah, of course yeah. is an aspect to it you know every every pastor will know that uh, yeah but that yeah. sense of you know starting from a place of being just sounds sounds great how, yeah. has it have you had it seen it have an impact in in your church how how has it yeah. changed how you've has it changed how you how you lead a church or has it has it had a specific impact maybe in how you do church at all yeah look i, I think it definitely makes you more aware of where people are coming from um, you know, and, and also um, the way I, I navigate relationships with people. So um, as, as, as you're probably aware, Chris, pastors aren't always the most popular person and we sometimes, you know, offend people. Um, but that's, that's, you know, they're, they're, they're coming from their place that they're working through. And so I don't take that on board and I try and stay calm and patient and, and just journey with them. Um, through whatever the the challenge or the conflict might be. So yeah, the way I deal with people, um, it's like I said, there's a small group resource. So we try and encourage people to do that within the church. So there's a culture of, you know, talking about emotional health. Um, the podcast, I mean, this this isn't just a book you read once. It's, it's a continual process, a lifelong process, really. So, um, you know, I'm continually listening to Pete Scudero's uh, podcast and just and just processing different things because in every season of life you're dealing with different emotions and different different um, you know what is happening inside you in that season. Um, particularly, you know, as you get older and mature a bit more, you've you've got more to process. So um, so yeah, it's it's definitely changed the way I I lead and live. Um, you know, my marriage as well. We talk a lot about it, my wife and I, about you know emotional adolescence <laughs> which sometimes i still fall in that category yeah it, it sounds like a really interesting book not just for the pastor but also for every you know, it's one of those things that you i think you could take a whole sounds like you could take a, a whole church through yeah. this yeah. book and i think you know the benefits of you know of, of a whole church yeah. being more emotionally healthy so that yeah. you know how we interact with each other how we confront one another those yeah, kind of things which yeah. is so important in church life you know we we have those kind of things so yeah that's yeah well yeah absolutely especially dealing with conflict i mean um you know even on a staff team you know how each person manages you know handles feedback and criticism and you know so much of that stems from your from your family of origin and, and if they're not aware um you know it can cause a lot of challenge and so yeah we've we've tried to help help our teams learn more about themselves and how they how they relate with other people great great should we move on to resource number two what's what's your second book well not not uh not too far behind that is um is a book called the blessed life by pastor robert morris and he's uh based in over in the u.s and uh this is a a book that um so continuing on the whole family of origin theme I love my dad dearly. He is uh, he's a great great man, and he loves me very much. And he he became a Christian when he was in his late thirties. And um, but but he um, was was originally born in Scotland and 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 moved over to Australia when he was nineteen. 
but he was an only child and and I and money was tight and uh, you know coming off the back of World War II rations and and so he he wasn't the most generous person and so he was <laughs> I'm trying to be kind to him uh, very tight with his money and everything was about the cost you know you, in, instead of enjoying a meal out he'd be thinking about the cost and and it became a bit of a joke in our family you know dad never opens his wallet and, you know but but I realized as I got a bit older that this was something that I'd um, you know some some behavior and learned habits that I'd taken on from him and so that whole area of generosity um, had to be broken over my life as I as I became a Christian and 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 became you know started following Jesus and this this particular book just helped shift so much in my theology and my practice of how I view finances um, how I manage finances and for me as a pastor I I believe discipling people in financial uh, theology and understanding and management is so crucial we we can't just deal with their you know uh, spiritual side, their theology. We can't just deal with their emotions, which we talked about in book one. But we have to, you know, we have to deal with their their, their finances. Jesus, fifteen percent of Jesus' parables were about wealth and finances, and there's over two thousand three hundred verses in the Bible about money and and wealth and possessions. And and I believe, particularly in our age of consumerism and materialism, um, this is this is the thing that has gripped the heart of of our generation and we have to we have to allow them to be set free uh in this area of money you know jesus says don't don't serve you can't serve mammon and god you you can't serve two masters and so i i I personally was set free from it um and and i think it's something that can really help uh christians great yeah so let's let's dive into that kind of the the theology of of giving because i think you know, yeah. you're absolutely right. I think money has traditionally always been quite a contentious topic in the church. Uh, there are some uh, who find it difficult to, to mm. talk about money, and uh, and there are certain uh, preconceptions of what of, of when you when you bring the word money or talking yeah. about money in in church that people can think different ways in terms of uh maybe it's more of a prosperity side of things or yeah, yeah, a yeah. frugality kind of thing yeah um where where does this kind of book land in that kind of mm-hmm. sphere of, of things yeah look it definitely it definitely um you know obviously the title the blessed life however the way the way uh, robert morris takes you on a journey is he he really does hit to the issue of it being a heart issue and being um, putting Jesus first and putting God first. Uh, there's, there's. It talks about you know takes people on a journey of stewardship, realizing that uh, I think a lot of people you know before they're a Christian they just think everything's mine, mine, mine. It all belongs to me, and I have authority over my stuff. Um, and then when they become a Christian, I think well most Christians probably do get to that place where they go. I give 10% to God, I honour God because I want to obey him, but the rest of the 90%, that's mine, and I still have authority over my stuff. But but really where this, this book wants to take uh, us to is a place where we understand that everything is God's, nothing is ours, and we give him, well, he has authority over his stuff, and we're just stewards for a season on this earth of 
not just money, but our time, our relationships, everything. So um, it, ta- it takes you on a journey from, you know, uh, really just understanding about what it is to um, to give and tithe right through to then what they call extravagant giving. And that's um, that's a whole nother level of, of giving <laughs> and yeah. sacrifice and trusting God. It really, really takes a person to that point where their trust and their hope is in God the provider, not in a salary, not in an economic um, cult, you know, environment uh, or system, but actually God is is their provider. Um, so it's so it's yeah, it's a really good discipleship tool. No, that's really good. And how have you, have you used this in in your church? Has it become part of teaching material or small group material? Yeah, yep, yeah. We we did actually a whole series on it and encouraged people to get the book. Um, we've also uh, I've also taught it. Uh, there's a six week Bible study with it as well. And so I did that in in a connect group and and um, incredibly the tides went up. Uh, the teaching is is that simple but practical and um, and and truth really. It's just the truth, and and people respond to it straight away. And we've seen we've seen incredible testimonies of as people shift their priorities of their finances, how God has released blessing over their lives. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that sounds that sounds like a really exciting book because mm. not just because you know you know the the, the result of tithes could go up. But like, <laughs> you know that yes. that's obviously a lovely. Thing, Everyone's going to go out and buy it now. <laughs> <laughs> but I th- I think the you know the the heart change in someone when they start to see everything as uh, as God's. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a that's yeah. a humongous paradigm shift for a. For people in the congregation so sounds like an absolutely fantastic resource and, it's, and yeah it's challenging i mean it talks about you know it talks about exposing a poverty spirit as well and which which you know like i said i had to go on a journey of allowing god to deal with with some stuff in me fantastic brilliant all right well let's go on to the okay. um your, your final book um, all right yeah introduce to me your, your final final book so this is um <laughs> i mean i know it's audio so the the people listening can't see it but you'll see the the dirty coffee stains this is a well-worn book this is called simple church uh returning to god's process for making disciples uh, by uh thomas rayner and eric uh giga i think his name is giga Geiger, there we go yes the Auss- it's the aussie aussie slang <laughs> Geiger. so so this this book came at a time in around 2008. Uh, my wife and I we were we'd, I'd been on staff ten years, and it was around about that time we were sensing the call of God to England and Europe. We didn't know it was England and Europe at that point, but just to go from associate pastors to to senior pastors somewhere in the world, anywhere in the world, and and we were just going. We were really searching our hearts and and our theology of church, our eschatology. What what if we could if we could start a church or plant a church or take on a church, what would be the culture? What would be the philosophy? And we'd come from a, uh, a great church. We we're very blessed, but it was, I would say it was um, a church that was um, program driven and it was Sunday services and events. Events driven is probably the best way to put it. But we just knew um, events don't make disciples and programs don't necessarily help people go to spiritual maturity. So we were passionate about uh, seeing a, a strong discipleship model church. And so uh, someone recommended this book to me, and it absolutely 
articulated everything that we were feeling in our hearts of what we wanted to see. And really, it, it like its name suggests, Simple Church, it's about helping uh, put, put um, strategies in place so that you can keep the main thing the main thing and make disciples. Oh, that's, that's great. I, I'm, I've read that book. I've probably read that book cover to cover <laughs> at least three times. And <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, I can vouch that it's been very impactful in, in my church. And we, yeah. we, we worked through that and uh, worked that through as, uh, as the, the leadership team of the, of the church. We worked yeah. through that and it's been really, really impactful. What mm. changes did that book make yeah. for you in terms of how how you started it you know what 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 decisions did it help you make or not make you know or sure. uh, to, to you know things to do or things not to do uh, yeah, as yeah. a church yeah no great question and, and the beauty was we had the the opportunity to put some a lot of it in place because when we moved over here and and, and took on the the um the church here in Birmingham um we had a season where we we had a an open window really to to bring change and to establish new patterns and so we we um we were able to apply a lot of the principles so so really that it's about clarity movement alignment and focus it's about really that how do you how do you bring someone through from you know that that doesn't know jesus through to become a disciple maker how do you make disciples what is your process that everybody in the church knows um, and is reproducible, and so, so we were able to uh, establish, you know, three words: worship, love, serve, and um, and those we 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 preach we preached about that, we taught about that, and and now uh, I would hope that any if you came to our church and anyone said, hey, what's what's the you know what's Connect Church all about? They'd be able to you know say those three words, and simply the worship is is obviously someone's individual worship to God, putting him first, but also then it's also, as a church, that's our Sunday expression of and love is everything to do with discipleship and pastoral care and, and that a person would, A, love, love themselves, learn to love themselves through things like emotional, healthy, spirituality and diff- different discipleship groups and then also love others. So you build community and uh, a community of God's people um, that is diverse but unified um, through love. And then serve, that people would, you know, find their purpose. What are they on the planet for? Find it, discover their mission. And then as a church, that's how how we then outwork our, our engagement in local community and global community. So, so really those three things, worship is our Sunday expression and everything about what we present and communicate. Uh, love is about our discipleship programs and pastoral care and then serve is everything we do that's outward focused to see the church um, in, impact and influence its community. So the whole of our church is established on, on the principles of this book. No, that's that's great. Have you found that it's helpful? I've I've certainly found it helpful in in my church. It's in church life. We all, we all know that lots of people want to start ministries, and, this, <laughs> and yes. this is about keeping it simple. How, how yeah. does it help you say no to the right things and and yes to the right no to the wrong yeah. things and yes to the right things? No, that's that's a good question. We have a we have a filter and it starts with the vision uh, and then these three words, worship, love, serve, 
and then um, our, our, our values and then our goals for the year. And so basically as lo- if someone comes with a suggestion, we say we, we go through a tick box. Does it, does it achieve, does it achieve the vision? Does it, does it achieve, uh, you know, our, our worship love serves? Does it fit in one of those? Um, does, is it part, can we find our values where it's represented? But then our final filter point, which is where we say yes or no to things, is does it achieve the goal for this year? So if it's, it might be a great idea and even tick some of the other boxes, but if it doesn't fit the goal for this year, then, then we're going to put it on hold. No, that's really, really good. And I've certainly found uh, it really helpful for, um, and I've helped churches through this, is, is, um, yeah. is ha- it, when you're trying to work out, we've got loads of ministries and so many churches have yes. that problem of loads of ministries. And yeah. uh, how can you uh, reduce that down? And actually what you can find is that you can do so much more in terms of discipleship. Yeah through yeah. less and so yes. it's, yeah. it's it's a great resource and I'd, I'd certainly uh recommend it and glad that you brought it uh on the on the podcast today um, yeah it's it's a challenge i have to go back to this book as well all the time yeah absolutely yeah it's it's certainly one of those those books where it's it's worth at least two reads I'd say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, absolutely Kirk, thank you uh, so much for joining me today. Do you have any kind of final thoughts or anything just to add at the end? Oh, look, you know, I think, you know, the thing I love about CPD and how we're introducing it to the to the AOG is, um, you know, lifelong learning. We never stop uh, learning and being interested. And, I, you know, I think that's one of our passions and one of our one of our uh, values that we we want in um, in, in every every pastor out there. And, and I guess the three I've brought are just key areas of, of discipleship for for me and I think for, for any leader out there is is, is the, your emotional health, your internal world, uh, financial health, stewarding your finances but also the churches and how to raise finances will release ministry. Um, and, of course, ministry health, how to, how to have a really clear focus on, on what you're called to do and, and your expression in your local church. So, so that's why I, brought, I thought I'd bring those three uh, resources today. Kirk, thank you so much for joining us uh, today and uh, uh, looking forward to, I'm looking forward to getting some of those books and uh, giving them a read, actually. So uh, <laughs> thanks so much. No worries, mate. Uh, thank you. Enjoy your blondie. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye.